Hello, everybody. Welcome to Faithbrook Church. My name is Mike Del Gallo, and I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. Well, today is Father's Day, so all your dads out there, happy Father's Day. And it is so good that we can worship together both online, on site, and for those of you watching later, on demand as well. Well, maybe you are joining in with us as a guest for the very first time, or maybe you've been joining with us for the last couple of weeks. Either way, we are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us. And we know that you are not here by mistake, and we are praying that you have a real encounter with God this morning. In fact, we also want to encourage you to submit a Connect card. For those of you who are on site, you can reach into the seat back in front of you and grab the blue connection card, fill out your information, and drop it off in the offering box as you exit the worship center. You can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest, and you can submit your information there as well. So whether you fill out a connection card physically or digitally, two things will happen. One, I would love to personally follow up with you and just thank you for joining in. And two, on behalf of Faithbrook, we would love to make a $5 anonymous donation on your behalf to Feed My Starving Children. And this is something we do every weekend just to celebrate when new guests join in with us. So I look forward to connecting with you and making that donation on your behalf. Our mission here at Faithbrook is to love God, love people, and journey together. And one of the best ways that we journey together is through building meaningful relationships. You know, one thing we have found here at Faithbrook is that when we make meaningful relationships, it really helps us to feel sticky, to really feel a part of the community. And I know for myself, my wife, that is something that has been true for us. You see, we moved here back in February of 2019, and my wife is from here, but I'm not, and I didn't know anyone outside of the state. And over the last couple years, my wife and I have made some really good friends, and it has really been an opportunity for us to really feel a part of this community, not just because I'm on staff, but because we really are a part of this church and we have some meaningful relationships. And so I know this has been such a blessing for myself, and this is something that I would wish for you as well. That's why this Friday, June 25th at 6 p.m., we're having a Bring Your Own Picnic on the Lawn event. This is a real low-key, laid-back event, really designed to help you make some new friends and help build meaningful relationships. So you'll want to make sure to bring your own food, bring a blanket, bring a lawn chair, and you might even choose to bring some lawn games as well to play with other people. And this is really a great opportunity to get connected and help work towards making some friends and building meaningful relationships and really feel like you're building and being a part of this community. So if you need more information, the best place to go is to the Church Center app, and you can click on Events down at the bottom. I look forward to meeting you, connecting with you, and hanging out on the lawn this Friday. Well, in just a few moments as we continue in worship, we're going to hear a message from our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as he kicks off our brand new summer series called Summer on the Mount, Learning to Live as a Follower of Jesus. There is something special about fathers. I don't know, God just had something special and unique about wiring guys to help uh, raise families and raise kids and even be granddads. Now, personally, I love being a dad. Uh, just seeing your children kind of develop and catch on to things from learning to walk and run and, and arts and, and develop and mature. It's awesome being a parent. It's awesome being a dad. In fact, if you're a dad, sometimes they allow you to do some corny dad jokes. Fathers out there, do you know any of them? 
I got a few for you this morning. Do you know what the daddy buffalo says to his child when they walk out, or his son when they walk out the door to school? He says, bye, son. Bye, son. Okay, that's pretty good, right? Well, if that's not good enough for you, right, what do you, what do you call your father if he falls through the ice on a very cold day? You call him Popsicle. Yes, Popsicle. Okay, all right, well, we're just moving on here. You know, like, I do love being a dad most of the time. Because sometimes children can be a little frustrating. Can I get an amen? Right? Sometimes they have a habit of not listening and taking your advice. That ever happened to you? You love them. You impart great wisdom to. And they're like, ah, I don't know. Right? Sometimes it's very frustrating. There was a dad who got very frustrated and he yelled at his, his son, you'll never amount to anything because you procrastinate. And the son yelled back and said, oh, yeah, you just wait. <laughs> okay, now you're, now you're perking up. All right, doing pretty good. Well, this is a good parallel of sometimes how dads can get frustrated and their children not listening to them because this is where we're going in this first sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we're calling here at Faithbrook Summer on the Mount, and I want to welcome everyone today. I appreciate you watching this online. You might be watching this later because you're out and about this weekend, or you just come for the first time to Faithbrook, second time. Welcome. I'm Pastor Jim, hoping you're beating the heat and you're enjoying this summer. Well, our inspiration for this summer comes out of the well-known Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest sermon that was recorded in the Bible of Jesus. Uh, Matthew was very diligent in writing down everything that Jesus was teaching. He, he catches uh, this, his teacher, this, his, the master Jesus, on the side of the Sea of Galilee. There's a multitude of people. Jesus takes advantage. They're hungry. They want to hear from this guy. And so Jesus starts just really uh, bringing up all kinds of subjects of everyday life and really uh, setting the bar a little higher, especially if they claim to be uh, a follower of uh, Yahweh, of God. And so this summer, we're going to dive deep into these teachings, these segments of the Sermon on the Mount, and, and learn how we can be better Christ followers if you claim to be a, a Christ follower. This, this three-chapter sermon found in Matthew holds some of the iconic teachings, like the Beatitudes. This is where the Lord's Prayer is. And so I'm looking forward this summer to learn how we can be better Christ followers and really uh, listen to what Christ is teaching us. Now, many of you know that uh, Terry and I have two sons. One is much older and has moved out, and, and we are, you know, the joke is, is that we only raise one kid at a time. So now we have this 12-year-old, and he's a, he's a good kid. And so uh, Daddy Jim here has been trying to teach him things. And so there's a couple of principles that we, I want to impart on my son, Logan, and uh, so, for, in, for instance, you know, what are comforts all about? He should uh, say that we're all about Christ and character. Christ and character. Can you remember that, right? And so we want him, I teach him also, hey, there's three things we do in life. There's a time to play, there's a time to work, and there's a time to pray. 
So sometimes we have to shut down the play because it's time to do homework or go to church or put God in, in prayer time, time to pray. So the other day, um, a couple, maybe a couple of years ago, I listed this all out in case he would forget, right? And if he ever wanted to um, relearn them, he could just uh, look on his dresser and, and here's dad's great advice. You know, we talk about playing sports. Uh, you know, I, I say you don't have to be the best. But grit will get you a long ways. I want my kid to have some grit. There's some scriptures. Greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. Logan, please don't forget that. But it's number two that he really struggles with a lot of time. So number two says, uh, always do the hard thing first before the easiest. All right? Do the hard thing first before the easiest. So a lot of times... Uh, okay, here's your day. Uh, you have some chores, three or four things, and, and hopefully you can mow the backyard or, or something like that. And you have a choice. Uh, you can hang out and do the easy thing, play, watch YouTube, or watch whatever. Or, and I would advise you to get the, the hard stuff done early. It's cooler. And then you can have the rest of the day and just chill out. You don't have that hanging over your head. Your choice. Your choice. Well, he struggles with that one, right? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, right, Dad. I, I want to I wanna play first, do the easiest thing first. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know what usually happens, right? We're like, hmm, you getting that stuff done? Uh, now it's getting late in the day. Hey, now we need to get with it. You, you said, so you chose to do the easiest thing. Let's go. Well, now I'm tired. Oh, I don't, don't want to do it, and it's late, and I got too much to do. Ah, I'm like, I told you, right? You're just bringing this tension and conflict and, and drama into our family, and here good old dad was like, hey, do the hard things first. Well, parents, you might uh, can relate to that. You probably understand that because you love your child just like we love our children, and you want to bestow some goodness on them. You're hoping that they'll catch on to some of your principles and some of your teachings, and eventually one day they're going to grow up to be responsible, polite, kind people. Hopefully you value Christianity, and you want your child maybe to behold some of those values and some convictions and turn out to maybe be a Christ follower that loves Christ. So you're doing your best, right? But sometimes they don't seem to listen. They don't seem to grab a hold of it. They don't seem to follow through. Well, this is exactly what Jesus was trying to convey in the last part of this three-chapter sermon when he says these words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. Now let's just take a, a moment to unpack this, right? So everyone who hears these, now he's just been sharing a, long, a lot of information there, okay? Did you hear him, okay? Not only that, he says, puts them into practice. This is taking action. This is doing something about what they just heard, um, there's some conviction there, and he equates it that you become a wise person or a wise man. And now, another words for wisdom or being a wise person is a smart person, is a is a, a, a prudent person, or maybe someone that that has it together. That's what you will become like a, a wise person who built his house. Now, this is a, a metaphor for life. You build your life. 
and he gives the opportunity to build it on a rock, that Christ is the rock. So you know what? When, when the storms come and the, the streams rise and there's, the, the winds blew and beat against it, have you ever had life beat against you? And you're like, kids, it might get a little tougher for you, okay? Uh, because life is uncertain and it could be tough. But when it does, there is a foundation that is built on the rock. Now, these Jewish people, when he said the word rock, uh, they also equated uh, Yahweh. Because in the Old Testament, uh, Yahweh was seen as the stone, as, as the rock, the mountain. Something was uh, transcendent and mighty and, and, and strong. And so he says, hey, you can build your life on the rock if you put the teachings into practice. However, he goes on, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, you're like a foolish person. I don't, I don't have to explain that, right? He built his house or the life on the sand. Now, sand was cheap. Sand, however, has the ability to shift. You get some rain and you get some erosion and stuff before you know it. Things start cracking. Things start having some problems. Well, sure enough, the same person, they have rain and they have streams and they have winds that are beating against their house, their life. And before you know it, there can be some consequences. He called it a great crash. And then he finishes up his, his sermon this way. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as the one who had authority and not as their teachers of their religion or their law. Well, what was the main point of this last sermon of the Sermon on the Mount? What was it about, hey, sand is cheap and you can build your life easier there maybe? Was it about the building? Was it about the rock? Well, these were all important, but there was something more sustainable, more important than that that Jesus was trying to convey, that it's a lot harder to hear something and put it in action than it is to hear it and forget about it. Now, this, this is the same situation in my house and, and with my son. So this good-looking document that I had framed, it's sitting on my son's dresser, right? And um, it is there for, to, for his review. It is there for his reminder because his dad has incredible wisdom. And, of course, his dad wants to love him and wants him to grab a hold of some of these traits, right? Well, he doesn't look at it very often. All right, it's right there. But compared to the other things in this room, oh man, we got pictures and we got books and we got toys and all these other things and screens. <laughs> Why does he want to look at that? That's pretty boring, right? Eh, that's his old man's views. There's other peers and there's other things out there that want to influence him. And ah, I don't need to look at that. Well, I would submit hey, that's going to give you life. I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit wiser. I've been through some stuff. And if you just take some time to read that and practice that and really uh, engage that man, your life is going to be a little bit better. But again, I can't force him. I can just offer. I can just teach. Here, here you go. This is exactly the same thing that Jesus was trying to convey in this passage. If you put into practice what I just said in the sermon... The things that we find in this, in this book, there's a good chance your, your life is going to be pretty solid. However, if you don't, eventually there's going to be some crashing. There's going to be some, some pain out there. Now, do we ever do this? Do, do we ever hear things or read things and we, we don't take time to reflect on them? 
Don't take any time to engage it or, or practice this. How many people have Bibles at their house, right? Uh, somewhere. When's the last time we cracked it open? Uh, how many have the Bible on your, your phone? And when's the last time you, you found that, that um, application and opened it up? And how many sermons have you heard? I mean, who can remember the sermon that was last week or three weeks ago? We hear it. We maybe appreciate it, but we don't engage it and, and follow through on it. So this summer, our goal is, is to be better hearers and doers of the word. So we're going to kind of just walk through this sermon, our sermons that Jesus preached, because this is what we believe. When we practice what Jesus preaches, we find peace. When we practice what Jesus teaches, we can find peace. Now, this notion that Jesus is like, hey, build your life, build your house on the rock was key because Jesus many times is known as the rock. We see in, in the Bible in different places, for instance, all the way back in Deuteronomy, Moses, he called Jesus the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he, the rock. The psalmist in Psalms 118 says, The stone that the builders rejected has become the corner stone. Now, this is a prophecy that hundreds of years later, Jesus would come. He would be the rock, and he would be rejected. He would eventually be crucified and killed on that, that cross, uh, redemption for mankind. Uh, but he is our corner store, or he offers himself to be our corner store stone if we allow him. Now, I love the concept of a cornerstone. I don't know how many of you viewing us or here today know what a cornerstone is. It's, it's highly important to a construction project. In fact, if you look at the definition of cornerstone, here's a couple of definitions. It's a stone uniting masonry walls at an intersection. So a lot of times as there's two big walls, it starts in that corner of the corner stone. And this is a great symbol of Christ because there's the wall of mankind and there's the wall of God. And Jesus Christ became the connector that reconciled through his sacrifice on the cross mankind if they receive it to God because he is the corner stone. Another definition, a stone representing a, a starting place in a construction project, usually a monumental building, a starting place. So if you go to some large buildings, maybe government building stuff, you go to the, the corner, there will be an engraved spot that that's where it all started, that, that that's where it was plumbed up um, and put together and built from there, the corner stone. Jesus is the starting place. We have all kinds of options. We have all kinds of life issues. But if we start with Christ to build our life, it can lead to peace. Another definition is that cornerstone is known, or the term cornerstone is known, known as something essential, indispensable, trustworthy. Well, who's that sound like, right? Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is transcendent. 
he was before, now, and, and forever will be. He can be the foundation of our life, our family, our relationships, our worries, our issues, or even our world. And here's one of my favorite definitions of cornerstone. The chief foundation of which something is constructed or developed. The chief foundation of something that is constructed or developed. You know who wants to be developed or who can be constructed? That's you and me. He can be the chief starting point to develop you. He wants to develop you. We come into this world pretty rough, pretty immature, and there's things come against us, but God says, man, I can construct you. I can form you. I can develop you if you allow me through my teachings and my love. So this cornerstone, this rock, can bring peace. Oh, David understood this. Eventually become King David when he wrote in Psalms 18, The Lord is my rock and my foundation or my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I will take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, oh, my stronghold. He knew that life would be tough. There was uncertainties, but he found his solace. He found his his spiritual and his emotional and his mental uh, peace through the promises and the character and the nature of Yahweh God himself. So we have this person today, Jesus Christ, and and he has his, his partner, the Holy Spirit, and the word of God to give us peace and to be a rock in our life. Man, to teach us and to help us, to remind us in our, in our weakness and remind us when we are, need refuge and when we're scared and we have decisions and, and there's temptations out there that can be strong in our life to give us peace. Now, the challenge is, is to put all this, this goodness, this teaching into practice. Now, <clears throat> James, who was the brother of Jesus, eventually became a follower of Jesus and believer. He, he got a chance to write a book of the New Testament it's called, called James. Now, eventually, he must have met up with one of the original disciples, Matthew, and, and they were trading notes about what was important to Jesus. Because if you go to James's letter, his writings, you'll see in the first chapter, he almost um, says what Jesus said in, in Matthew. And he says this, <clears throat> Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Ah, what's this sound like? Sounds like what Jesus was saying in Matthew 7. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away, immediately forgets what he looks at. Now, can you imagine that? (laughs) It's like getting up in the morning, and you go, and you look in the mirror, and you're like, whoa. That's a bad look, right? Maybe you got hair, and then you walk away from the mirror, and you don't do anything about your hair. Even worse, maybe you're looking in the mirror, and you're looking at and you got something in your teeth. You're like, oh, there's a big, ugly spot in my teeth, and you walk away from the mirror, and you don't do anything about the thing in your teeth. Okay, that's not good, right? That's what James is trying to say. If you're just looking, and you don't do anything about it, any kind of adjustment, any kind of practice, not good. So he continues on with this theme. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, now for them the perfect law would be our our Bible, God's word. In, In those days, they didn't have the New Testament. They had the Torah and the Old Testament, their law. That gives, oh, I love this, 
Don't miss this. It gives freedom. Anybody want freedom? Anybody need freedom? And continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be what? Blessed in what they do. My friends, the word of God is not only can bring us peace, but it can be life-giving if we look at it. It can bring freedom and blessings in our life. And before you know it, life can maybe be a little bit easier in the winds and the floods and the problems. I remember hearing a little bit about this by a legendary person that attended Faithbrook. Now, many of you know, five years ago, six years ago, uh, we, were, we were a church called Osseo Church. And for years, this, this church was kind of tucked in back in, in Osseo, Minnesota. And there were some wonderful personalities. And one of the most legendary uh, lay people in our church was named was Wendell Carlin. Oh, Wendell Carlin. I'm telling you, friends, I wish he was still living today because he was such a joy, especially for a pastor. I mean, this guy was kind of an older guy. He was a World War II vet. That's how old he was. But man, I mean, I've never met someone that had so much energy, so much joy. He'd come in the church and he was always excited and would say, well, Wendell, we, we might be changing some things around here. Oh, that's okay. Yes. How can I help? And it's like, where do you get this attitude? Where do you get this all this energy, right? And so once in a while he'd pray. And he, he prayed like, like this. He'd, oh, thank you, God, thank you. And he'd say, God, I'm so thankful that uh, you kept me from so many problems in my life, so many regrets and tragedies. Thank you, thank you. And I, I'd be listening to this and be like, what? what? People don't pray like that, right? He's, he's kind of bragging, isn't he, about how his life was not that bad and he had it pretty good and all this. Is that right? You know, from the outside, you look at Wendell Carlin, you'd say, you know, that guy didn't amount to much. He, he didn't have this big life and these big titles. In fact, he, he had a simple home with a simple family in, in Osseo. He, he came out of the war as a truck driver, and he became the, the, the town milkman. Simple, faithful. Eventually, he learned to lay tile and, and make a living laying tile. And he loved laying tile, man, like nobody's business. Uh, the big joke was if you wanted to take him on a mission trip or take him to your home, do some jobs, all you need to do is feed him coffee and cookies, and he could go like 12 hours laying tile, man. No complaint, just going for it, right? And so people would say, oh, you know, wow, he, he didn't make a lot of waves, and he wasn't a big deal, but yet he had peace. He had incredible joy. And so it finally dawned on me that when he would pray, he wasn't bragging. He was just connecting the dots that when he was young, he made a decision that he was going to put God first. He was going to build his life and his family the best he could on the rock of Jesus Christ and live by these precepts. And now that he's 80, he's looking back on his life. He's like, you know what? Things were pretty good. There wasn't a lot of things that, that I wish I would have never done or a lot of tragedies and incidents that came into our life. I, I think he was realizing and lived out what Jesus was preaching at the first part of the sermon in Matthew 6, when he says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. That was Wendell. I, I think he put God first and let God fill in all the cracks and fill in all the other things in, in his life because he sought his righteousness and his kingdom, and he built his life that way. 
See, you and me, we have an opportunity to look into the mirror and to hear and to read and to seek God's teaching that can bring peace and then do something about it. Yes, there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some doubts. There's going to be maybe some setbacks. But what lives in here, and then for some people who speak what lives in here, there is life-giving anchors and principles and promises that we can navigate life through that will give us some solidity and some peace and some joy in our life and let God fill in the other things. Now, if this interests you, you're like, hey, I, I, I might want to do that. Uh, here are three things on how you can implement this. So number one is, is you got to hear, hear them, all right? So a lot of times life just distracts us and keeps us busy before we know it, we're not hearing God's voice. We're not hearing his, his word. Somewhere you got to slow down and make room to, to um, hear his word. That's kind of like I said, hey, Logan, there's three things. There's a time to play. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a time to work. Okay. And there's a time to pray. That means we have to focus in and listen and give God some of our time. And so we have to hear it. Uh, one of the ways you can do, easily do that is through Faithbrook, right? I want to invite you back every Sunday this summer. We're going to be opening up and hearing God's word. But there's other avenues. Uh, boy, there's podcasts and radio and YouTube, whatever. You can hear God's word. And you can even open up your Bible and hear God's word and re retrieve it uh, into your soul. Now, here's, here's the second thing is that you got to write it down. Now, what I'm being by write it down is somehow you had to mark it. You got to note it. Now, scientists tell you that the retention goes way up if you take time to note something, if you write it down, your journal, or you highlight it. And for me, if you go to my books and, and my study, uh, I love uh, underlining and checking and starring things. Uh, I retain it easier. If I read a book and I'm not underlining stuff, I'll probably forget it, but man, there's something about mm, marking it, highlight it. On the Bible app, you can highlight certain verses and stuff. That helps to re for me to remember so I can put it into practice. Uh, for the Old Testament, you go back into Deuteronomy, Moses would teach the parents, hey, if you want your kids to retain it, put it into practice, have some convictions, and you got to talk about it. Talk about it in your living room. Talk about when you're walking in, in the park. And then he says, you know, put it, put it on your doorpost or put it on your gates. In other words, make a little sign, make a, a little plaque out there so your kid's like, hey, that's important. So like in our house, uh, we have a little bit of signs. We have some uh, plaques and some pictures to remind us on the things of God. Like, for instance, here's a Here's a nice plaque that someone gave me, and it's in a prominent place on purpose. Uh, the big word here is priorities, and there's some scriptural keys like Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Uh, Ephesians 5, make the most of every opportunity. So these help me. Maybe I'm not the smartest guy. Maybe I can't retain everything. But if I write it down, maybe on a note card, uh, people used to bring in their Bibles, and, and when a pastor would preach in, they'd open that up and maybe write some notes or underline it. Or maybe there's, you can use one of our, our guest cards, connection cards, and write it down. You take that home, and it helps you retain it and put it into practice. 
Now, the third thing to help us to put God's principles and promises into practice is to surround yourself with followers of Jesus. Ah, so you want to get around people who are also into following Jesus' practices. If you're all by yourself, nobody's talking about it. Uh, your, your coworkers or your friends and neighbors, most of the time, they're not talking about the things of God. And before you know it, you're not practicing it because you're not around people that are into it. So try to get around people that believe in it, that are trying to practice it. Sometimes talk about it. Maybe talk about some of the songs that you're hearing on Christian radio or uh, uh, open up uh, uh, with coffee or something. Open up the Bible app and talk about a scripture to try to practice and remember the promises and the practices of Christ. Now, I, I, I know that life is not always easy. Jesus had it right when he said, man, the floods are going to be coming. There's going to be some storms. There's going to be some winds, and this is going to affect us emotionally. So where are you going to? What's going to be your refuge? What's going to be your rock? What's going to be your shield in those times? What is your life going to be? What's it built on? What are the practices that you're putting into place? for Faithbrook and for, for myself. And what I want to dispense into my family is that when we practice what Jesus preaches, we find peace. Now, you know, honestly, my, my, my son, Logan, he's not looking at this very much. And I'm very proud of my son. He's got a soft heart. He, he does well. Uh, uh, I, I love him. But what dad tells him, it's up to him to choose if he wants to embrace. It's really up to him if he's going to follow Christ and, and live the things that we want him to live. Uh, we only have a few more years that maybe have some influence and under our roof, but eventually, like all of us, we have to choose if we want to follow God's teaching. See, on this Father's Day, we're, we're, we're the sons and daughters of Christ. Christ has written out his principles and the things that he's wanted in our life. And it's in the word of God. Sometimes ministers or teachers teach on this. But we all have this sitting around in our life, just like we have this for, for my son. And we have a choice. Are we going to read it often or once in a while and try to embrace it and try to live authentically like Christ? Or are we going to blow it off and say, well, there's, there's other things that have my attention and I forgot about it and I'm not sure. For you know what? You're building your life on yourself. You're building your life on sand that can easily shift and let you down. But there is Christ, the cornerstone. This is I'm available to build your life, your family, on my love and my principles. So I, I would just invite you to pray, or stand and pray with me for an appetite for wisdom and for his teachings. Let's stand together. Gracious God, we, we close out this worship service on this morning to just thank you for being the great Abba Father, God, who created us, who died for us, who believes in us, who wants to build into us. We're so thankful, God, that you gave us a whole manual for living. It's called the Bible, the Word of God. And Jesus, we live in a very fast-paced world with a lot of stimulating things for our attention. And I pray, God, over us and for myself that you would renew our hunger and our appetite for the word of God. 
Oh, God, help us to just dive into it. Help us to, to make it relevant to our life and give us maybe the ability to mark it somehow, to, to memorize it, to highlight it, to write it down so we can practice it, uh, not just on Sunday mornings, God, but from everyday life, from our coworkers and decisions to parenting and grandparenting, God. Um, we pray for this today. Thank you, God, for your word and your love. And we'll just ask all this in the great name of Jesus. Amen.